Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, 
the more discussions you have, the more you learn basically who's starting to really get into those conversations. You know, I, I would say that coming out of the world under 18 championship, certainly Logan Cooley, or sorry, certainly Will Smith. Uh, Logan Cooley's was last year too, but uh, you know, certainly Will Smith, um, you know, has, has risen. And then I would say on top of that, you also have Gabe Perot who set the uh, NTDP record for points in a single season, 132 points, beating Austin Matthews record by 15 points, by the way. Um, just an incredible amount of production this season. And Will Smith actually had more than, than Austin Matthews season as well. Uh, but Gabe Perot has been talked more as a prospect that'll go in the twenties. Now it's more like, Hey, could he sneak into the top 10? Could he sneak mm-hmm. into that top 15? I think he more than likely will be a top half of the draft, um, top half of the first round pick which wasn't always the case i think you know it it just gets to a point where you can't deny that level of production um same another guy on their line ryan leonard uh who i know i know we're going to talk about him a little bit more but he's another one he scored the game winning goal at the under 18 world championship big time stock bump from from that um but then you know there are some guys that that certainly have been in the discussion or around the discussion for a long time that are more solidified in that discussion and that's guys like david reinbacher uh, the defenseman from Switzerland and, and, or well, he's, he's Danish or Austrian rather, but he's played, played in Switzerland this year. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's another, a name that's kind of like creeped up a lot of the boards and certainly looks like he'll be the consensus, you know, he's as close to a consensus top defenseman in this class. I think we're going to see, even though Axel Sandin Pelica is another one that has gotten a lot of buzz. So he's in that mix too. He had a great under 18 world championship. Um, I, you know, Tim Vlander is another one from the world under 18s that stock is on the rise. So, you know, those are those are a number of the players that you can see probably going in that top 15, top 20 range and, and, and a number of players there that you could even be talking about, you know, especially with that Coy- the, the Coyotes next pick. Um, in the first round, they're, they're going to have a chance to land, you know, not one, but two impact prospects in the range that they're in. So um, a lot of a lot of rising stock uh, among guys that played at the under 18s. And I'm sure we'll hear more about some of the guys that have been playing in the playoffs as well. So uh, okay. but those are those are some of the more notable names. Flip side, whose stock is falling and why? Yeah, you know, I mean, I would say throughout um throughout the last several months and probably going back to the world under eight or world junior championship edward chale uh he's he had a had a a, a fair under 18 worlds a lot of his production came against lesser opponents he kind of disappeared in some of the games i think there's some concerns about his overall compete level which has seen his stock drop he's certainly skilled he certainly has you know all the capabilities but i'd say that his stock is has started to to tail off pretty pretty solidly um maybe to a lesser extent oliver moore who's kind of hovered around Mm. the top 10 discussion but i think he's probably going to slide a little bit further back i think there are enough concerns about his overall offensive upside um despite the fact that he's probably the best skater in the draft i personally he's not his stock isn't falling for me um it's just you know based on some of the chatter that you hear about got different guys um you know i think that there there have been guys that have fluctuated a little bit, Lucas Dragasevic, um, you know, he's kind of been around the tail end of the first round discussion. Um, very mixed opinions on him. Uh, very mixed reviews in terms of the, you know, the offensive capabilities are immense. He's got good size. He's got a good shot. Uh, does he defend well enough to say this is a guy that can certainly slot into our top four? That's the big question. Um, and then Andrew Crystal's another one, another guy who didn't have a tremendously, you know, a, productive or impressive under 18 world championship, which, you know, he's been a bit of a polarizing prospect, big production in the WHL this year, a play driver, a guy that, you know, has a lot of skill, but, you know, he kind of, uh, towards the end of the under 18s, he played better. He made a significant impact in the bronze medal game as well, um, which was, was helpful, but that's a guy where it's just like, you know, it's, he's a very difficult player to slot right now. I think the public scouting lists have him a lot higher than he's probably going to go. Um, you know, not all the public lists, but I mean, a, a good chunk of them uh, based on, you know, what, I, what I've heard. One of the most compelling storylines of this draft, um, at least for us, is the Matt Bay Mishkov situation. So obviously this has been evolving over the course of the season, but what is your read on the Mishkov situation? 
Um, you know, I think that the the conversation around Mitchkov is also closely tied to all of the other players around him. Um, the fact that a guy like Will Smith is getting more in that conversation is because, hey, can we afford to leave that much value on the table and take the big risk of drafting Matt Bay Mitchkov, knowing that we won't have him for, you know, three years, knowing we won't have um, you, the, the, the uncertainty in Russia continues. You know, I don't think that teams are – no team is denying his talent. No team is denying that that he has the game, the potential to be a game changing prospect, a, a a franchise altering prospect. I mean, maybe to a lesser extent um, than the guys like Connor Bedard and maybe even Adam Fantilli. But there is there is still a wide array of people that believe that he's just a tremendously gifted offensive player. And when you have a player like him that scores the way that he does, that played as well as he did in the KHL this season, that has the track record that he does internationally. Um, they're very rare. And so that's the discussion that you have to also weigh. Is it beyond the realm of possibility that a team like the Sharks might take him in the fourth pick? No, but I think it'd be, I have a very hard time seeing him going in the first three. Um, and then at that point you have to decide, you know, like, does he get past the, the Canadians? Does he get past the Coyotes? Yeah. I mean, like there are all these different kinds of scenarios at play. I think that the situation is, is that the value of the players that are available around him is going to contribute more to the fall of Matt Vay Mitchkov than, than the Russian situation. Now that's still a major factor and that, you know, if, if we didn't have that, I think it'd be probably, you know, less likely that he would go. But I think that the players that are around him are good enough. If there was such a gap between him and Will Smith, you would still take Matt Vay Mitchkov and just, have the patience because you're saying this is the potential to change our franchise. This player has a chance to be, you know, a very significant player. I think teams are continuing to do their due diligence. They want to find out every little element, how, you know, how desire, how much does he want to come to North America? How much is it going to be a possibility to get him out? You know, what are the contract parameters that could potentially get him to leave early? I think that that's very unlikely that you would get him to leave early. Um, it did. It is happening with Ivan Marashchenko, who was drafted by the Capitals last year, but he had a he had a clause, you know, or at least a verbal agreement from the team that when he felt like he was ready to come to North America, they would let him go. Um, you know, Mitchkov being property of of Ska St. Peter, St. Petersburg, that's not an organization that tends to make those kinds of concessions. Um, so I would mm-hmm. say that it's more, you know, more likely that he would play out the duration of his contract. Now, if information were to come out before the draft that we previously didn't know about, about, you know, whether there's a clause or if there's, you know, capability for him to leave early, that could change the dynamic. But I think that more, more than anything else, you know, there's a, there's a chance that he slides further into the top 10. I have a hard time seeing him getting past either Washington or Detroit. Right. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I think that those are teams that aren't afraid to take the chance um, and would probably love to take the chance to, to get a player like that, that late. Um, but I think at the top of the draft, the risk element and then the quality of the players available are going to combine to likely lead to a draft day fall for Matt Mitchkov. All right. Do you have follow up? Yeah, on I that? do a couple. Do you know who's representing him? First of all, I, in North America, I don't know, actually. Okay. okay. Yeah. When, when you're talking about the political landscape right now, there's, there's literally a war waging right now. How do executives weigh that? Is there any precedent that they can pull upon? Who are they, who are they talking to, to get a sense of how that might impact things? That's a great question. Um, I think that they're, they're aware of it. I don't think that they're necessarily counting it as a major factor in the decision process because mm-hmm. as we've seen in the last couple of years, Russian players, Yaroslav Askarov, um, most recently Nikita Chibrikov came over, signed with Winnipeg, um, you know, uh, 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 Shahir Mukhamadulin signed with San Jose last offseason. The best players by and large will want to come and Unless there's, you know, legal grounds for them not to leave the country, like in the Ivan Fedotov situation, which remains the thing that's in the back of everyone's mind. Ivan Fedotov, Philadelphia Flyers draft pick, detained in Russia, signed a contract with Philadelphia, was detained in Russia and and was uh, basically accused of of, um, dodging his military obligations. Um, I don't have a lot of intel in terms of what Matt Vaymichkov's obligations are, if he's fulfilled them, whether he will have to fulfill them at some point. Um, I don't know exactly all the parameters of that. 
that's a factor. But I, I'd say that the 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 overwhelming kind of narrative here is that the best Russian players still want to play in the best league and they still will come to the national hockey league. I don't think there's anybody that's concerned that, you know, they, they've been able to get players in and out of Russia. I think there are definitely some teams that are, are hesitant to allow their players to go back. Um, you know, with, with all the fears that, that, that exist. I mean, we had a bit of a scary situation with Kirill Kaprizov at the uh, end of last off season that got resolved, thankfully. Um, but I think that there's, there's not necessarily um, uh, too much weight being put on the fact that the, you know, the conflict continues and hmm. this is uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to quantify. And there's certainly, you know, right. in terms of precedent, I mean, we're talking about like Soviet era defections, um, you know, so it's, it, we really haven't seen anything quite like this. Yeah, And I, I wonder, you know, if, if there's not concern, I wonder if there should be, or if there should be at least be more intelligence gathering on that front. It's, it'd be an interesting thing to dive into. Um, before we get into the rest of the pack, I, we have several players that we want to talk to you about specifically. I'm going to ask you based on that Logan Cooley conversation. And obviously there was Logan Cooley news today. He opted yeah. to go back to the university of Minnesota for his sophomore season, which was Really not a surprise. We we thought that was coming maybe even before the vote went sour for the Coyotes. But if you had to look back at that draft now, and I know some of these guys haven't played an NHL game, would you redraft it? Let, let's, let's just do the top five. How would you redraft the top five, Chris? Um, I mean, Logan Cooley was my number one then. He's still my number one. Um, I think that he's the best, you know, that has the most dynamic potential of any player in that draft. I mean, in terms of the top five, you know, I still think there's so much unknown about Slavkovsky. Um, mm -hmm. He would probably be number two. And I had him fourth at the time. Um, I think, you know, knowing what we know now, Shane Wright is a little bit further away than we thought. Um, I think that he still needs time. I don't think it's a lock that he plays for the Kraken next season. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's another thing. And, and, a lot of the concerns that I had that prevented me from turning, you know, putting him one have kind of come to the fore a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also with a with a loaded Windsor team, they got bounced in the playoffs right away, too. And he didn't have much of an impact in that series. So uh, those are some. But but, you know, I think that there's still pot probably, you know, for him, he's probably still in that that three spot. You know, it's it's a little more tenuous at that point. I think uh, David Juracek is still a very. You know, I, I, I really like David Juracek a lot. He was my number one defenseman going into the draft. Um, and I think that he had a tremendous season in the AHL this year. Great world juniors. Um, just really like him. So he'd probably be my fourth and then fifth, um, you know, potentially would be Simon Nemich. Uh, still a very good player. I think that he's he's had a had a strong a strong go there. So, you know, I think that we would have. That, that 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 more likely to me. I think there are a lot of other guys like Jimmy Snuggerud who plays with Logan Cooley at Minnesota. I think you know you redraft it, he might go a lot higher. I, th I still think Cutter Goche is a really good prospect. Um, maybe you know it would be between him and Nemich for me in that top five discussion. Um, you know, and I think that that there's a real good case for Goche to to stay where he was at five. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think that. You know, to me, Logan Cooley, with the season that he just had at Minnesota, with the things that he's done over the course of this last year, the fact that he was so good at the World Junior Championship, and then now he's going to, you know, this is great news for the University of Minnesota, but it's also great news for Team USA at the World Junior Championship, which is going to have a real opportunity to go on a bit of a run with, you know, you think about the, the, the U18 season they just had winning the gold medal. Now you've got that group that was so close to winning a gold medal um, with the Cooley and Goche and Snuggeroo and all those guys coming back. Yeah. Now you're, you know, you're saying, hey, we got a real opportunity. So I, I just think, to me, Logan Cooley, at the time, he was the most dynamic player in the draft. I still feel that way. I think he's gotten meaner, stronger. Um, and, you know, he just, he's always had that fiery competitiveness to him. Uh, the one thing that I would like to see from him going forward, um, you know, he he loved, he's so confident in his puck skills, he sometimes tries to do too much. And we yes. saw that a lot at the World Juniors, and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. um, and and you've got to learn, you know, and, and the thing was is he shouldn't have been able to do that at the college level either, but he was. You know, <laughs> he, he was. He was having success, and, it, you know, it helps when you can dish off the snugger root or nice and, uh, you know, that, that helped. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that going back a year or two is, is 
really, I, I mean, I made a case for it before. Um, I think he could have come out and it would have been fine. But I, I really think that, you know, we want to see him learn some of those things. We want to see him be a little bit more of a distributor um, and less north-south in terms of, you know, just trying to skate through everybody, um, you know, because he's such a dynamic talent. Use that creativity smartly and, and, you know, make sure you're making the right plays. And I think that'll help this extra year because uh, I think he could be a dominant player. And now Minnesota's got, you know, a, a realistic shot at going back. Yeah. And I know a lot of Coyotes fans are concerned about his decision to go back and look long term. Sure. If they don't get this arena thing resolved, that that might be a concern down the road. But this is not uncommon in college now. It feels like going back for a sophomore season, like two is the new one and done in college hockey. It is. Yeah. Two and through is the new uh, is the new motto here. And, you know, I think that you look at the different players that have that have gone this route. Typically, we've seen it with defensemen. You know, we see Kale McCarr. Quinn Hughes, Luke Hughes, uh, Matty Beneers went back for a second year uh, and was a rookie of the year candidate. Um, you know, Owen Power went back for a second year as a number one pick. I mean, the, the, the pressure that I'm sure was on him to sign and he decided to go back. Um, the, the reason that so more and more of these players that spend two years will never once see the American Hockey League. Yeah. You know, guys that have come out one year, like the one and done is is, is starting to go away. There's two factors because of that. There is a clear, there is a clear development advantage for players that stay that second year because they are still playing against older, stronger players. They're playing fewer games, which means they're doing more weight training. They're getting more practice, and all of those things matter. The other thing is too, it's just fun. Like get another <laughs> year where you are in a winning environment. Get another chance to you know you're a college athlete. You're getting that experience. People discount that, how important that is in the decision process. But being a college student before going on and making millions and millions of dollars, as alluring as that is for most of these players, they're perfectly content to stay in a situation that they are enjoying hockey, they're enjoying their life outside of hockey, and then they're getting an opportunity to continue to develop. And they'll never, you know, they'll basically go straight to the NHL from there and not just arrive like they they arrive ready. Matty Beneers was a fully formed player by the time he went to the NHL. Quinn Hughes was fully ready to go. Kale McCarr jumped into a playoff series. Charlie McAvoy jumped into a playoff series. These are players that second year for all of those players was one of the biggest things. I, and I, I remember too, the, the players now, there was always such a rush to get to the NHL. The players now that still exist, maybe at the lower levels, but they're learning throughout their process that it's hard. <laughs> you know, it's it is. This is a hard game, and and there's a lot of development to be done. So I think that this is one a mature decision for Logan Cooley because I think he still there's plenty he can learn despite a Hobie Baker finalist season. Um, and two, you know, it's an opportunity for him to just extend the timeline for things to kind of settle down in, in Arizona, see what happens, see what the next steps are. And beyond that, still get great development. So I, I think in the end, it's probably the best for all sides, and he'll be ready to arrive, uh, ready to make an impact, because I, I have no doubt he'll be a day one NHL player when he does sign. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, changing gears back to the 2023 draft. Um, obviously, we now know where the Coyotes will be picking at 6 and 12. Realistically, who is going to be available for the Coyotes at those picks? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think there's probably a good chance Mitch Kov is still on the board. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that that would be, you know, you know, I don't necessarily know that that would be the the play, you know, for the Coyotes. And given the uncertainty, you know, there's enough uncertainty in the organization. Why add another wrinkle to it? <laughs> well, um, why not? <laughs> or, 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 yeah, or go the opposite way and just like Leroy Jenkins that, you know. So it's just kind of like, you know, that's like, let's go all the way in. Um the thing is, though, if, if you know, at six, if you're getting Matthew Mitchkov at six, you will not find better value. You will not get a better player at six. You will not get a better, you know, that's the thing to me that may, that makes all the sense in the world is that, you know, he is he is a, an offensive genius. I think that he thinks the game at a level that nobody else in this draft does, including Connor Bedard, um, which is mm. saying a lot because Connor wow. Bedard has elite hockey sense. But I, I do think, you know, the the. Matvey Mitchkov has physical limitations in terms of size, skating ability relative to, um, you know, players that that have that think the game at his level. But I think he's just such an intelligent player. No matter where he goes, he's going to be a dominant scorer. Um, I do think that he has, you know, fifty goal potential. Um, a guy that can potentially be, uh, you know, a long term um, dynamic forward for for your franchise. That being said. 
you know, I think that the, 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 some of the realistic options that'll be available there, you know, I think that I mentioned him before, Ryan Leonard is a, is a, is a guy that I think checks a lot of boxes. Um, you know, I think that he's a player that, you know, if I'm the coyotes, I'm looking, he's a, he's a wing, you know? So that's the other thing is like, are any of the centers going to increase, be a, be of a higher value than he would at six. And I think if, if the three that we think will go one, two, three are gone, you probably not, there's a pretty significant drop to the next centers in this draft. So, you know, you could potentially, you know, if you want to maybe take a little bit of a, a risk, Dalibor Dvorsky would make some sense there. But I, but I think Ryan Leonard checks a lot of boxes. He's a physical player. He's a goal scorer. Um, he's got some power elements to his game. He's not a tall guy, but even at 5'11", he's very sturdily built. He hits hard. Uh, he knocked college players on their off their feet plenty of times this year. Um, you know, he's a guy that will go and get you the puck. And, and as we see the playoffs, you need a highly competitive team to get there and, and not just not competitive in that we everybody's you know puts us on the level it's that you know you need to have some grind you need to have some sandpaper you need to have some physicality you need to have some toughness and he has all of that plus really good skill he's a good skater he's got uh, a, a tremendous shot at 51 goals this season including the game-winning goal of the uh, of overtime of the under 18 world championship we've taught you know we talk so much and you'll always hear scouts he's the kind of player that you win with and that is what Ryan Leonard is he is the kind of player that will help you win hockey games and especially in the late season uh scenarios i think that's that's an attractive commodity there um you know so i'd say that he's he's there now the interesting thing is is that I look at the Coyote system and I say, boy, they could really use some more defense. They've got certainly, yes. they certainly yeah. have, they certainly have players, you know, Maverick Lamoureux, um, Artem Duda. Those are guys that, that, you know, have upside that will be part of, you know, the, the, the long-term plans there. You've already got JJ Moser in the mix. You know, there's, there's a number of players there, but I think at six, that's the discussion you have to have. And I know that I, you know, I think that there's been a uh, talk of, of, you know, how high is David Reinbacher really going to go? Um, and how high should he go? Uh, you know, there's certainly debate about when the first defenseman of this draft should go. But the fact of the matter is, I think if you don't get one of the top three defensemen in this draft, it's you're you're going to have a hard time replicating that value or finding players that will fit good value later in the draft. I think we're going to see a pretty big run on defensemen late in the first or possibly early in the second round, which makes it again challenging to find you know guys that you think are going to be NHL players at that at that range. So mm. you have to have that discussion about Ryan Bacher. He's a six foot two, six foot you know six foot two right shot defenseman with really good skating ability, moves pucks extremely well. Highest production for a U eighteen defenseman in the in the Swiss league since um, Roman Yossi, who turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, and he, you know, we've watched him. In, in pro games this year, he plays, you know, 18 to 20 minutes a game. That's, you know, he's already playing pro and, and the Swiss league is a tough league. There's a lot of good players in it. They have a low, they have, they're, they allow more imports in that league. So you see more former NHL players in that league. Um, and so it's, it's a challenging league for a young player. It's why we don't see very many in there, but he's one, um, you know, Austin Matthews played his draft season there. So, you know, there's not a ton of precedent for what, Reinbacher has done and that makes it a little more difficult to assess but I do think that he's a pretty special player and at six if you're saying oh boy you know we really really need to shore up our blue line I don't think it's a reach to get him there I think that that's the kind of player that you you know he's got top pairing potential okay that's his 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 that's the most optimistic projection but I think he's a top pairing top four at worst defenseman is there um, anyone else you know, beyond him that's a top pair guy it's I don't think so. Like I mm. Axel Sandin Pelica is really mm. good. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's I th you know, I think he potentially could make sense at that if he's still on the board at 12. Um, but to me, I had a really interesting I know you had Corey Promen on recently and we were talking about this and Corey actually wrote um, some some interesting pieces for the athletic where he talked about the precedent of the you know the undersized defensemen who are the ones that have made it well we've seen adam fox um you know these are guys that are sub six foot defensemen you know adam fox quinn hughes kale mccarr even you know those are the types of players axel sandy palica is a is, is a sub six foot defenseman with good skating ability not a ton of dynamic skills a good passer things like that 
it's really tough to project a player at his size to be able to play the minutes that you would need to have a top pairing defenseman play. He's probably, you know, he, he, he'll probably be on your power play. He'll get minutes that way and different things like that. But is he a guy you're going to rely on in the toughest parts of the game? And that's what you need in a top pairing defenseman. That's harder to project out. Like, you know, if you look at different guys, his statistical profile isn't a ton different from Adam Boquist in terms of, um, you know, pre, pre-draft guys. And Adam Boquist was a top 10 pick by Chicago. He's now with Columbus. And he's kind of a top four defenseman, you know, like kind of, you know, and, and so hasn't necessarily hit the production that we've seen. And I would say that Adam Boquist was a more dynamic offensive player than, than Sandin Pelica. I will say that Pelica, Sandy Pelica has a higher level of hockey sense. And so that allows him to potentially, you know, make a larger impact to play in tougher minutes, to play in different roles. He did make the Swedish U 20 team this year and eventually played his way into a top pairing situation there. But to project him as a top pairing in the NHL, it's really difficult to do that. And he's probably the next best defenseman. All right. Good to know. Um, We're going to ask you just about a couple of other guys. We've already touched on a couple of them here. Um, But let's start with Matthew Wood out of UConn. Yeah, you know, he's a really interesting and intriguing player for a lot of reasons. He's He's got size. He's got scoring ability. Um, he was the youngest player in college hockey this year, averaged close to a point per game. He is, uh, you know, his skating is, is, is not great, which is probably the thing that holds him back from being a true top, you know, top, like a top 10 lock, because I think that a lot of the other things he does makes him a very attractive talent. He was a a leading scorer in the BCHL the year before joining UConn, and he was an offensive leader there. And then we got to see him at the under 18 world championship playing with Macklin Celebrini, who would probably be the number one pick next year. And those two made some magic together at that tournament. They really did. And and it showed that, that Matthew Wood has really good hands, good vision, a good understanding of how to create offense. I think of the players in this draft, one of the things he does as well, if not better than everybody else, is finding the soft areas of the ice to score goals. But then he's got this combination, this 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 kind of weird combination where he can pop into those soft spaces, kind of, you know, like back off the play and be in the right spot for a, for a, a more dangerous scoring chance. But he also goes hard to the net. He drives the middle of the ice. He's got some power. He plays well below the faceoff dots. So that speaks to a lot of teams as well. And that's why, you know, if that in that between that six and 12 range, that's probably where he's going to go because he's got the size and the finishing ability. Um, and so that's going to be the interesting dynamic there is, you know, how how highly do you value those traits and that scoring ability versus, you know, not the best skater, probably could stand to get a little more physical. You know, I'd like to see the compete level rise just a little bit more, get a little his blood pressure, just want to see it go up a little bit, you know. Um, but he also has just these tremendous offensive tools. So uh, very interesting prospect and player. I think he's going to be a really good pick. Um, you know, I, I assume that he's going to be, you know, kind of in that top 15 range. Um, but, you know, it's it, it could be between 6 and 12 that he goes. So, um, you know, I think he's starting to look more like a top 10 pick for me. Um, and, and that's another guy that, you know, had a really good under 18 worlds, had a good season and was able to, you know, prove to everybody that their eyes were not deceiving them. He really is a good offensive talent. All right, you touched on Edward Schala a little bit before, but let's let's dive a little more into that one as well. Yeah, you know he's a he's an interesting player because you know the first time I really had a chance to see him was at the um, the under eighteen World Championship last year, and he was awesome there. Like he was, I was like, man, this guy's going to be a top fifteen pick, no problem. Um, you know, and and I thought that he was going to be kind of one of the one of the top offensive guys this year but you know he didn't necessarily have an, a, a breakout season he produced you know 14 points in 43 games the Czech league is really difficult to score in for a young player he had three points last season in 10 pro games played primarily at the u20 level where he was dominant and now you know and then he played all season at the professional level now he did have six points at the under 18 world championship a lot of that came against lesser talent um you know he he didn't necessarily get uh, he, he was in a big role. They needed more from him, quite frankly. He did play at the World uh, World Juniors. I thought, you know, he, he spent a lot of time with Yuri Kulich there. And Kulich was one of the top young players in the AHL this season for the Rochester Americans. And those two really seemed to feed off of each other. And and I thought that that was, that was good. But we didn't see Shala really dictate as much. At his best, he is, you know, a tremendous passer, a guy that makes good reads, can set up 
you know, trigger men and you can give them, you know, give them good passes, put guys in good scoring areas. He has enough competitiveness to dig out pucks down low, win some battles. He's got a pretty projectable frame too at six one. He's a little bit on the lighter side. Like, so once he bulks up, you expect him to be a little bit more effective in the corners at the net front, different things like that. Um, because he is a little bit on the lighter side right now, a little lanky, but you know, I think his passing ability and his offensive sense are really high end. It's just a matter of, you know, is it high end enough to kind of offset some of the things that we saw this season where he just wasn't necessarily, you know, taking the game over, you know, different things like that. So I think he's fallen off the pack a little bit. You know, I think there's no doubt in my mind, he'll be there at least at 12, um, but probably will be around even longer than that. Um, starting to look maybe less likely that he'd go uh, in that range that, that we had talked about before. But I mean, you know, still a player with tools, still young, just turned 18 in March, you know, like he's got plenty of, of, of tools that are projectable for, for an NHL guy that could, could be, you know, if everything goes right a top six, but I think with the season he had, you know, you're starting to hedge your bets a little bit more with a player like him. Okay. The last guy we want to ask you about is Yaroslav forward Daniil. Is it boot boot? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Spelled, but, but pronounced boot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as in like, I'm going to change the topics of the sentence. Here. <laughs> um, so Interesting player on a number of fronts. The first thing that jumps out at you is his size, you know, six, five, six, six on a good day. Um, you know, a guy that, that has tremendous physical presence um, mm. and also can score really good hands. I mean, not just good hands for a big guy, but just good hands. I mean, just really dy- like soft hands can make plays, can make defenders miss, um, you know, definitely a little bit heavier with the feet uh, Russian. So that's, you know, again, you're, you're starting to say, okay, what do we what do we do with that? Um, but you know the thing that I really like about the player and what I've liked about him um, as I've watched him and and he's another guy that Corey was like you are way too low on him. You got to watch him more. You got to see what he does. Um, you know you watch him and it's just like gosh he looks so dangerous out there all the time. You know and I think he's he's got a great nose for the net, a really good shot, great release off the shot. He had 15 goals this year at the U20 level and actually two goals at the KHL level as well and even got into one playoff game or dressed for one playoff game with uh, Locomotive. So, you know, the thing about these Russian players is it just helps so much to see them in international competitions. Um, you know, Yaroslavl, yeah. mm. you know, that looking at a player's MHL production is really hard um, and looking at how they play in the MHL because that's at a level that's probably comparable to – you know, most junior, like it's, it's good. It's a good enough level of hockey, but there's a lot of teams that are just, there's, there, there's a real haves have not situation in that group. And so it makes some of those games a little bit tougher to assess. He was dominant in the MHL playoffs this year. Um, and, you know, it would have been nice to, to have a chance to see him play, you know, guys at, at, at the world juniors and things like that, if he would have made the team, but you know, I think that for me, it's all about upside. And he's, you know, six, five, six, six, 200 plus pounds with great hands and a shot. You know, those guys are always going to have a chance. Those guys yeah. are always going to get the benefit of the doubt. And you're going to try to squeeze every ounce you can out of him. Um, you know, I think he's a late first for me. Uh, but at the same time, he's got such tremendous skills that you wonder if a team is willing to take the risk on a player with just his unique package, you know, and the fact that you look at what Tage Thompson did this year, and that's a big guy with good hands with, you know, that can score, you know, can Daniel boot get to that kind of level. Um, And if he does, you've got a superstar on your hands. So I think that it's all about upside because there's a rawness to him. um, And there's obviously the huge risk factor with, with drafting any Russians, but particularly, you know, ones that the further down the draft you go, maybe the less you feel, comfortable about um you know will they actually come over uh because i do think that part of the the calculus with Mitchkov is you know team's going to be saying a lot to him if they take him really early in the draft and saying we're gonna we're gonna give you everything you need to to succeed here that doesn't necessarily always happen with the guys that get picked in the late first and the early second and things like that so it's a different dynamic that way as well but if a team really wants to invest in him they will all right well this has been uh, amazing as per usual as always, yeah. yeah seriously <laughs> giving us um, a lot to think about a lot to be excited about um despite some 
other things going on yeah, for us. We'll yeah, it should be nice distraction. Nice distraction <laughs> yeah. here. Happy yeah. to provide it. It's a good way of yeah. putting it. Yeah, yeah we appreciate yeah. it as always. Thank you so much um, for joining us. And hopefully we'll chat with you again soon or see you at the draft. There's a good chance we'll have you back on. Yeah, absolutely. Bring some of those down, donuts down to Nashville. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we will. Absolutely. If, if our flight doesn't way, get delayed in two days again. I'll, yeah, I'll be in Nashville. Beautiful. Yeah, we'll see, see, you there. see you there. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, thanks everybody. Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, yep. Awesome stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks to Chris Peters again for joining us. Um, just an absolute wealth of knowledge. We're so lucky to have these people to tap into. Um, we'll get into more of that in a second. Uh, but before we do, finally the weekend. We made it. Oh, my God. Um, and nothing goes better with the weekend you finally got to after a shitty week, then <laughs> Four Peaks beer. <laughs> Four Peaks, the best beer. You can buy it anywhere you buy your beer in Arizona. Um, and be sure to check out Four Peaks on Instagram at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. They're doing a D-backs ticket giveaway right now. You can enter on their Instagram. So always a ton of great stuff going on, including great food at the pub and great beer anywhere you get beer, as I said. So you got to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink it responsibly. Um, we got the Western Conference final kicking off tonight and Petey's in Vegas. He might be calling in here in a little bit. He's been um, texting all of us. Anyway, he's been so. texting us nonstop, blowing up our phone. I've already talked to him twice on the phone this morning. He's already called Sean once. Have you talked to him on the phone? I've talked to him as well. Yeah. Yes. My goodness, um, he's a busy guy. But if you want to see Petey's work for his other gig, tune into ESPN tonight for the Western Conference Final. Anytime you see like something drawn, you know, when they break down a play, that's Petey, which I think is pretty cool. Petey makes him look good. Yeah. So if you want to watch that and you don't know where to, just get Fubo TV. Um, you can watch ESPN on there. They have 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies and news, plus a thousand hours of cloud DVR, which could have come in handy last night when that game went to quadruple overtime. And I'm sure a lot of people just wanted to go to bed and just close to five overtime. Watch it yeah, in the morning. I know. Nuts. Seriously. Um, so check out Fubo. They have a ton of great stuff on there. Watch the Western Conference final on ESPN tonight with Fubo TV. You can use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right. Anything uh, Chris said there that you want to touch on? I just, uh, the the Mishkoff fa situation fascinates me. Yeah. I, I just don't know how it's going to play out. I agree with him. There's no chance he's going to drop to 12, especially when you look at teams like Washington and Detroit who have historically taken chances on Russian players. Um, there's no chance he's going to be there at number 12. If he's there at number six... I know there's a lot of talk about maybe getting Reinbacher or getting another forward that's talented, but when you have a chance to get a game-changing player, I'm going for it. I'm, I'm selling, trying to sell ownership on that if I'm Bill Armstrong because those are the type of players you need to win cups. They have a couple really intriguing prospects in Logan Cooley and Dylan Gunther, who, again, is just ripping it up in the WHL playoffs right now. But just keep stacking really good players. You have a chance to get a guy who's considered one of the top three players in this draft. If he's there at six and given the Coyotes timeline, take the swing, go for Mishkov. That's, that's my opinion on that one. <laughs> Especially like we've, we've keep mentioning how his timeline, like if he does come here, works perfectly with the Coyotes it timeline does. and even more so uh, now. Whatever that timeline is. No, 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 we don't, don't know. know more to is, come. So. Um, but it, it would. And to what, like, it's just when when Chris came on, he said, yeah, like because we said, is this the top four and everyone else? He said, well, it's really the top five. It's like a knife to the heart yeah. because the Coyotes are picking six. Every the last two weeks has been a knife to the heart. Honestly, the, the Coyotes have had so many misses, so many stumbles, so many falls. We Coyotes fans have suffered so much like if this if we can look back and if they get Mitchkov and in 10 years, you think can you believe they got him at number six and he's like an elite NHL talent mm -hmm. like it can make all of this, not all of it go away, but we need, we need some sweet for all of this pain because franchise players, this, this has been, this has just been such a difficult, difficult yeah. time. Um, and just to have something good come out of all of this would be amazing. It would be amazing. Um, yeah. another thing I want to mention that he said was again, you know, we talked to NTDP. Look how good I'm getting at that, by the way. Yeah, you um, that. coach Dan Muse last week or the so week before. No, okay. um, and he mentioned Ryan Leonard and his name comes up again um, as a guy who checks a lot of boxes. And, and 
you know, style Bill Armstrong loves too, right? Definitely. And yeah. now that once again, now that we know the Kaidus are picking six, like let's just say Mitchkov's gone and Will Smith is gone, to me, Ryan Leonard is a guy who kind of fits the bill, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, my sense is that the Coyotes scouting staff, and, and listen, I want to preface all this by saying this is lying season. Stuff that you hear from executives, from teams, stuff that gets floated or leaked, it's often a lie. It's often misdirection. This happens in all sports to throw other executives off the scent of what you might be doing. But I get the sense that the scouting staff still believes that this draft is heavy on forwards, even past number five. I'm not sure. I know Chris thinks David Reinbacher could be a top pair defenseman. From what I've, the, all the people I've talked to, he's the only guy in this draft who anyone thinks could be a top pair guy. And it's not a certainty. It's not even close to a certainty. If you feel better about a forward in that spot, you still have to go with well, your gut. Yeah, you, they, to, you always say best player yeah. available. We have someone calling in. Is I that, didn't. I don't that, remember telling that him that I was ready. Okay. <laughs> but we'll get to. We'll, Just leave him in the green room. Yeah, leave him in the green room. <laughs> yeah. We've done it to Craig before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, one other thing I want to talk about that he said is the Logan Cooley thing, which yep. I want to spend a minute or two on here because I think there was a lot of anxiety among Coyotes fans when. Logan Cooley announced he's going back today. And obviously you can point to the timing, like after the arena vote, whatever. But for weeks we've been saying it was just as likely he was going to go back to college as it wasn't. And I'm sure, you know, he clearly took a lot of time to weigh this decision. We don't know the exact reasonings behind why, but what Chris came on and said today for me, it made me feel better. Like this whole idea of instead of one and done two and through, mm -hmm. um, and, and how we've seen. And I think Maddie Beniers is a really great example because so he stepped into the, well, and the reason I say that is just cause he's a forward. We, yeah. um, a lot of the other examples were defensemen, but for Maddie Beniers, like he did not miss a beat this season. He's almost a shoe in for rookie of the year, um, winner this season. And if, if the coyotes can have a, a Maddie Beneers and Logan Cooley or even maybe more. I mean, Chris even said he still feels strongly that Logan Cooley was the best player in the 2022 draft for me for, Oh, if he's going back to college, even if maybe he could have been ready for the NHL, we keep talking about over baking over bake Logan yeah. Cooley, take your time. Um, and listen, like maybe in the next few weeks here, we'll have some more stability on the future. And when he does decide to come, hopefully next season, Everything is aligning. I want to make something clear on that, too. I don't think the the Tempe vote was the only thing impacting Logan Cooley. There's a good chance Logan Cooley was going back anyway for all the reasons that Chris just discussed. This has become the norm in college hockey now where guys go two years. It really allows them to develop physically that extra year. So don't don't think that that was the only factor at play here. It was definitely under consideration. Um, but that was not the only factor. Um, the other side of this, I know people are freaking out that this could become a Blake Wheeler situation. Is it possible? Sure. If the Coyotes are in arena limbo when after this college season, I, I'm not sure what Logan Cooley is going to decide. And as you know, NCAA players, once they graduate from school, once they leave school, they can become free agents if they have not signed with a team that drafted with them. So is that a concern down the road? Maybe, but let's... If there's let's limbo not, after this year, then yeah, I... Yeah, I'm not even... Yeah, I mean... Like, I can't do it. At that point, honestly, if, if the Coyotes Arena situation is in limbo after a, another year, you might start talking about whether the Coyotes are going to be playing in another market at that point. So I'm not even sure it matters to Logan Cooley because he might know where he's going to be living at that point. Let's not worry about that. There's just too many bridges to cross, too many th details to be ironed out before that even becomes a concern. Right now, I just I, I admit that I am not surprised. My gut told me all along that Logan Cooley was going to go back to Minnesota Mine too. long before all of this. I don't think it's a bad move. Neither do the Coyotes, by the way. Their development staff doesn't think this is a bad idea. He's obviously got a lot of talent, a lot of skill, but... He can still fill out quite a bit. And you heard some of the things that Chris was talking about he can work on in his game. Completely agree. That's literally a conversation that I had with Chris. He needs to learn better puck management skills because he takes far too many risks, particularly at the offensive blue line, where if you turn the puck over, it's going the other way in an odd man rush. He has a lot of confidence in his abilities, but you cannot get away with that stuff in the NHL. And if you make those mistakes in the NHL at the offensive blue line and turn the puck over, your ass is going to be on the bench. So he needs to learn that. Yeah, absolutely. So don't fret. Don't fret. It'll all be 
Okay. I think. Um, speaking of that, um, we'll be exploring arena options on Monday. I know people, especially our Discord, have been negotiating sites and and talking to Matt Ishby. I'm just kidding. Um, but it, there's a lot of speculation <laughs> in our Discord. We will talk about it Monday, and Craig will have an article this weekend on yep. gophnx.com. So be sure to become a diehard so you can get access to all of Craig's diehard-only content on the website. Um, did you want to say anything Yeah, else? just a mo- uh, moment on that. Um, I know there's a lot of talk. Like, all the focus is on Fiesta Mall now because it's become public that the Coyotes are considering Fiesta Mall yeah, I think it's a site that's under consideration, but but slow your roll on believing that's the the absolute site that they're targeting. I think there are other options other options out there, and there might be better options, and that's what I'm going to get into in this weekend story, maybe as soon as tomorrow morning. Awesome. Really looking forward to that one. So like I said, become a diehard. Um, check out phnxlocker.com to grab your membership and receive exclusive content, discounts on all events and merchandise, and access to our Discord chats. Um, and speaking of discounts on events... We just had Chris Peters on. We are still going to the draft in Nashville, and we still want you to come with us. Um, So giddy up, boy howdy, yeehaw, whatever you want to say, and join us in Nashville at the NHL draft. You can get your tickets at gophnx.com slash events. And if you're a diehard, you get a discount. There's already a really fun group of us going, and we would love for you to come as well. you got a handful Um, of tickets left, right? Yeah, just a handful. So get them now before it's too late. We're just over a month away. Um, It's just going to be a blast. So we hope to see you out in Nashville. Um, Sorry, Petey. I know we're keeping you waiting, but... Give me one more second. Um, kind of I, a, you talking illegal Pete's here? Yeah, it's kind of a perfect segue because Petey's in Vegas. So illegal Pete's. Who knows what, who knows what he's doing. getting up to? Um, but if you want to check out illegal Pete's, they have a location on Mill Ave. If you're in Tucson, they have a location on University. Unbelievable. They have happy hour every day from three to six p.m. I speak about the queso every single time, but their margaritas are very good too. Um, and right now, you can stop in either the Tucson or Tempe locations for a house beer bucket for you and the whole crew. Five pints for fifteen bucks. Soak up the sun. With a loaded burrito and crisp beer on the patio. By the way, like this cloudy weather is kind of nice. So take advantage before for July and August. Yeah, before we hit the hundreds. Illegal Pete's, it's your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. Okay, we won't keep him waiting any longer. Um, We can bring in Petey, who is calling from somewhere in Las Vegas. Petey, look at him. It's it's a walking and talking segment. I will say this. I will say this. Where am I? T-Mobile. You are. Um, I will say this. It's, it's, uh, it's hot. It's hot here. You guys are talking about cloudy. There's, there's no clouds here in Vegas right now. This is toasty warm outside of T-Mobile standing in the parking lot. So, um, yeah, this will be, uh, this will be a lot of fun here tonight. There's the the excitement around Vegas is, well, buddy, there's always excitement around Vegas, but it's neat to see all so many people wearing Vegas golden night jerseys. And it's just good to be talking hockey again, instead of arenas. Well, we brought you here to talk about the... I'm just kidding. Um, We brought you here because, (laughs) yeah, because we haven't talked about hockey barely at all this week, it feels like um, we want to get make our picks um, because we've clearly been nailing them. Um, Sean, do we have our last round picks? Um, I I don't really want to show this. uh, And I I think Petey might have doctored this graphic too, so... Um, yeah, we did not do well. Craig and I went one for four, only getting Dallas rights. Petey actually did really well, got Dallas, Vegas, and Carolina only missing on Toronto. And then Sean went two for four. He was the only one who chose Florida, and we all chose Dallas, so we all got that one. But that was a rough round. Craig and I, not our best. Petey continues to crush it. Sean, 50%. So not terrible. Petey, how are you feeling about the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We obviously have one game in the East under our belts, which it could not have been closer. So I guess it could really go either way. But what are your what are your uh, initial thoughts? We'll start. Well, let's just start with the East. Start with the East, and uh, first of all, couldn't have two more evenly matched teams, which is great. They both play very similar in style. I still like Carolina in the series, even though they lost Game One. Uh, I think Carolina wins this one. I said in five, but after losing last night, I'm going to change it. And I'm going to say Carolina wins this one in six. Uh, They have to win game two at home, though. They have to win game two. But I like Carolina in the series. Am I going next? Sure. 
I'm going to stick with my anti-Carolina thread that's run through this entire postseason, and I love the Florida Panthers. I'm all aboard the Matthew Kachuk train now, and I'm going to continue texting Keith Kachuk to ask what it's like to be the second-best Kachuk ever to Don Skates because Matthew Kachuk has been a beast, and he won it last night in that marathon game. I'm going with the Florida Panthers. Wow. All right. Um, I I feel like whatever I say will curse who I choose because <laughs> I have— away from me there. I think I haven't picked a single Eastern series correct this entire time. That's not even a joke. Um, So I'm so sorry to do this to the Carolina Hurricanes, but I'm picking Carolina. Um, I agree with PD. I'm a little concerned since they lost game one at home. Obviously, like it could not have been a closer game than it was. It really could have gone either way. Carolina is a beast at home. The fact that Florida took one at home is concerning to me, Um, but I, I like the Hurricanes. I like what they've been doing this playoff. So give me the Hurricanes. Sean? Um, as PD puts the it in beeping. reverse. Um, <laughs> I know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this was a sound effect. I'm actually explained. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no, this Roaring, is real. Roaring Fork taking the words out of my mouth. Florida can't get any respect no matter what they do. I'm riding with the uh, future Smythe winner. Nice. Matthew Kachuk and Love the Florida Panthers. Love All it. right. Love it. So I like I got, it 50-50 for, yeah. for, for the I got to tell you a little story, PD. I got together with Luke Lipinski and Dave Vest last night to watch this game. Oh, God. And we were debating, nice. do we stick it out? Do, thank God we didn't stick it out. It would have been, <laughs> been ugly because we went to a bar. Did so, you guys have you know. a sleepover? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we were in a bar. What if you were there not, alive? It would not have been pretty. I would have been Ubering all the way back to uh, Gilbert. Well, that'd be you'd be there till two in the morning. So yeah. all I gotta say Nuts. is, please don't do that to me here in Vegas today. I don't want to. <laughs> I be thought here of you. It's a, it's a five thirty start here in Vegas, and I do not want to be here till one in the morning. So let's go. <laughs> Speaking of the West, in the West, I I I have the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup Finals from day one. I'm gonna stick with the Dallas Stars. They're the road team here tonight in Vegas. Ottinger needs to play better. Jason Robertson needs to play better. This power play is hot. Pavelski is hot. I like the Dallas Stars. I'm going to go Dallas Stars in six over the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, Petey's give us the actual game predictions. I'm not going that far, but I am I'm riding with you there. I think Dallas is built for the playoffs. I love what Rupi Hines is doing. He's the other Conn Smythe Trophy candidate in my mind, along with Matthew Kachuk. Um, and actually, we shouldn't ignore what Sergei Bobrovsky is doing in this postseason so far. But yeah. I'm going with the Dallas Stars as well in this series. I have... I have had I, I felt all season long that something ain't quite right with the Vegas Golden Knights. I did not quite a believer. I, I definitely don't believe in their goaltending to carry them to a cup. I think Dallas is winning this series. I feel a little better about the West because I've been a little better in the West. I, in good conscience, can't pick Vegas. I hate the Vegas Golden Knights, <laughs> so I'm picking the Dallas Stars. Sean, dare to be different or no? Uh, um, I have been I have been rocking with the Dallas Stars all playoffs. I'm pretty sure I had them in my finals. That said, this does feel like it is Jack Eichel's personal revenge tour, like on me specifically. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights. Woo! Oh, there it is. We all had right. to have one. Wow. I'm going to right. for the fences because I got the Panthers and the Golden Knights. All right. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to love go it. two for I love it. So one of us will be right because I think we all had – Different combos? Different combos. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, so those are our round three playoff predictions. We'll see how we do. Um, more PD from the playoff content coming, by the way. Lots of fun stuff planned. Um, so the PD of the playoffs logo will be making its return. And as PD's on the road in, in Vegas and Dallas. Yeah. Um, yeah, but PD. I don't, any- don't want to tease it too much, Leo, but there might be, there might be a walking and talking playoff edition. Nice. There might be. Nice. And it might be sooner than you think. Okay. All I right. love it. I'm excited. Um, while we have you here. Oh. Oh, no. Go. Yeah, Saul, oh, Saul's, Saul's getting on the mic. on the headset here. Hey, guys. Hey. How are we doing today? Good. How are you? Hey, uh, before you guys go and wrap up and since you have PD on, I just want to take a moment to say thank you, guys. I thought what you guys did this week was fucking incredible uh especially considering all the bad news that we got earlier in the week how you guys have handled it and more importantly how you guys have handled really the last six months in educating as many people as possible about everything that was going on and what i'm sure will continue to be an education process as we move forward thank you guys for all your hard work i think you guys have done amazing stuff especially considering the the scope 
which is just outside of the normal just team coverage like a lot of us fortunately get to do you guys had to go above and beyond because there were so many other logistics <laughs> a part of coyotes coverage so thank you guys for everything that thank you, guys you Saul. appreciate that thank you all right um all right pd while we still have you here let's wrap up i know it's been a long show but i feel like we need to end with something fun and we didn't get to it last week so let's do a weekend binge and pd i'll let you go first so we can get you out of here yeah what are, are you watching like uh i don't know kazakhstan tv now do you have a streaming service no. Kazakhstan you want to recommend? <laughs> i am going back to britbox and i'm watching murder in paradise which is a, a, a english cop who is in the virgin islands solving crimes murder in paradise okay all right love it you got something yeah i have two things actually uh, i know i'm really behind on this one but i started watching the night agent Ooh. on netflix um it's pretty like Ooh. cheesy basic, really good but I, I actually have been loving it's it it's, it's very it entertaining um so i've been loving that and then the other one and this is i was gonna say this last week but we didn't get to weekend binge silo on apple tv if you like dystopian sci-fi yeah. It's phenomenal. It's about a group of people like in some future living in a silo underground. They've been there for 140 years and they think they can't go outside, but also nobody really knows why they can't go outside. Every history from beyond 140 years ago is completely erased. Um, and it's just phenomenal. A great cast. Wow. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, Rashida Jones, um, just really great acting and, and just a great story. So there's four episodes out on Apple TV plus silo. Speaking of cheesy entertainment, um, Kiefer Sutherland and Designated Survivor. Oh, yeah. I, I I've watched been watching that a few that. years I'm ago. I'm fun with it. It's, yeah. it's somewhat predictable, but it, it's entertaining. So I'm, Marty I'm Walsh was the Designated Survivor this past year, See? by the way. Hockey tie-in. The other show that I just started watching uh, is a post-apocalyptic show because we all know that's how I roll. Uh, Station Eleven. Really interesting, sort of mind-bending as well. So I'm just beginning that one. I'll have further report on our next weekend binge. I've only watched one episode, but I'm definitely going back. The entire family is going back for more. Sean, got anything? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> just going to be watching some baseball this weekend, probably. Yep. Oh, man. Um, PD, anything else before we let you get out of here? No, I just think it's, it's finally for this show, it is good to be talking. We talked to Chris Peters, and we got to talk hockey. And I know we, we are the place to go for arena news, but it's just nice to talk hockey. So hopefully over the next few weeks, we can switch gears and start talking about draft and the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. Hey, all, right, all right, Petey. Well, we'll let you get inside. You're out in the sun there. So um, yeah, we'll I'm check in with you hot. later. Yep. <laughs> go cool off, buddy. And don't get hit by that. See you guys. Back yeah. <laughs> Bye, Petey. I know. Bye, guys. Oh, man. All See right, ya. bye. Um, before we wrap up, people have been wanting us to talk about the Coyotes tweet. Um, yeah. So yesterday they tweeted a poll, where would you want to see us play? And you can vote in the poll, Scottsdale, Gilbert, Mesa, Chandler. Um, and then today they had another unhinged, but like in the best way, tweet. They said, Pack, if this tweet gets 20,000 likes by the end of the day, we will leak our new arena plans. Um, and then I saw like there was a tweet that the, the job posting was online. Like that's a total coincidence, by the way. I hope you all know that that's not real. Um, I've been loving personally. the. Yeah, I think they're having fun with it. Yeah, I'm, like I'm what else you're gonna do just yeah. lean into it i know there are people that are uh, annoyed by this they think it looks unprofessional i look at you mentioned that the kings really started down this road but vegas really changed the game yeah. for social media i think this is what social media is all about have fun with it go down this road go ahead it doesn't matter it's not going to change anything just have fun with it be lighthearted. be able to laugh a little bit at yeah the craziness that's all around us yeah this it's just it's been a what just happened i don't know what happened there. it's been so it's been so heavy just like have some fun with it um i like that they're being lighthearted because to me it shows some confidence that this will get done like we said like tuesday we went to bed thinking this team could not be here by the end of the summer and now we know they're here at least this next year and craig like we said will reveal in his article um some options but yeah, I, I I think it's hilarious. Um, go for it, Coyotes. We've always been the black sheep of the NHL, so why not continue? Right. Oh, man. But speaking of fun, um, if you're looking for some fun, check out Octane Raceway and Mavericks uh, this weekend. 
Um, on Memorial Day weekend, they ha- Mavericks has free bowling for veterans and active duty personnel who show their military ID from 10 to 3. Um, in addition, the venue will be open early at 10 and feature doorbuster deals, including buy one, get one free $20 game cards and buy one, get one free laser tag from 10 to 11. So especially as it starts to heat up and you're looking for an indoor activity, Octane Raceway Mavericks, so much fun so book some fun this spring at octane raceway mavericks kart racing virtual reality laser tag axe throwing bowling arcade great food and drinks axe throwing yeah Who if you want to get out axe? well if you want to get out some frustration go Seriously. throw an axe um in a safe controlled environment um tons of different events We're throughout the summer that you should have a photo of someone in particular on the other end of that axe um you know but if you if you can think of anyone that really <laughs> angers you right now um based on recent news you know go for it <laughs> Craig is not endorsing that. Uh, <laughs> check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. And definitely don't take OGs before you go <laughs> throw an axe. <laughs> don't that's do that. That's a bad combo. Don't that's do that. But um, try out OGs this weekend if you've never tried them, especially after the stress of the week. Um, OGs has something for everyone. They have um, a happy balance strawberries and cream cbd thc one-to-one ratio they have sleep edition aquaberry gummies they have microdose gummies um just delicious flavors something for everyone and as always you can find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com you must be 21 or older to enjoy responsibly i know we had one super chat i don't want to miss it before we wrap up here from nicholas in denmark our new friend nicholas nice. uh just want to say this you guys do a fantastic job thank you nicholas thank you for tuning in all the way from across the pond and everybody who's here in our chat day in day out um getting through this together i feel like this is the most pack therapy pack therapy we've ever done in our year and a half almost two years of doing this um so we will get through it together like i said monday we'll talk more arena stuff because i know the people have been wanting that but we needed to talk about hockey and on ice for a minute and, and thanks again to chris peters for doing that with us anything before we wrap up one one little thing my my daughter erin is spending her last day of in high school today wow yeah, it's the last day of school so Shout out, E. I love you. We will definitely celebrate tonight. Awesome. Uh, congratulations. Congratulations, Aaron. What an accomplishment. Um, heading to ASU. To Barrett, the Barrett Honors College. That's right. Love it. Yep. Love it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Again, hit the like button on your way out. And if you're listening on audio, leave us a review. It really means a lot. I go back and read them all the time. Um, so we appreciate you doing that. You can follow us on Twitter at Leah Merrill at S. Peters Hockey to keep up with Petey at the playoffs at Craig S. Morgan. Follow Sean at Sean underscore to pause. Follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. And we will see you on Monday.